Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. If you are a regular listener, you notice that I didn't say ask at SWATradio.com. That means Doug is not in the studio today. Instead, uh, in his seat is David Gray. We're so happy to have him back. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Taylor. How are you? Always good to be here. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Good. You been yeah. uh, following the news at all? Oh, it's hard to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best sometimes to avoid it, but uh, yes, yes, been been seeing some of these things. We were just talking about a couple things before we... Went on the air, but yeah, lots going on as usual. Anything stand out? To, I mean, obviously the two biggest things are uh, what's going on over in Europe yep. with Russia and uh, the Ukraine. Although, if you call it the Ukraine, that's actually you know you're you're showing your hand. So Ukraine, mm-hmm. my bad. Um, and then obviously up in Canada, yeah, um, with the tyranny that's going on up there. Yeah, yeah. I followed the Canada story a bit more closely probably than than Ukraine. I was just saying to you, I've I've you know, read the headlines and, and certainly paid attention and know in general what's happening. But, uh, yeah, the, the Canada situation just seems to be more in our face oh, yeah. and, and more prominent and, and, and has not that the other situation hasn't been drawn out, but the Canada situation has been going on for a while. And, uh, it's much more troublesome. It, it, sure, yeah. it sure is. And, and not just, not just the, of course, the issue with the truckers, although that's incredibly important, I think, but but the stuff that I don't want to say it's being shoved into the background a little bit, but but their tyranny against mm. Christianity mm-hmm. and what's happening with pastors up there, and you know, and pastors who are aligning with the state in this matter, which is you know absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of clips that I've seen of just Canadian pastors, you know, talking bad about uh, anyone who is really opposed to the government mandates and things like that mm-hmm. it's just like right wow way it, to be like uh yep. the church in soviet uh russia yeah. right yeah it, well what's the old phrase that you know those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it it makes me think of i always go to to bonhoeffer mm-hmm. in in nazi germany and it, one of my favorite books the book eric metaxas wrote about bonhoeffer but but that he you know that so many uh, pastors and local churches capitulated to the state, but yet there were those that 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 stood firm. I forget what they called their church. There was the state church, and then I want to say the church resistant or something like that. I may have that ex- that wrong, but of course there are pastors and churches standing for the truth in Canada, and they're being persecuted. And, mm-hmm. and that it's surprising in one sense because it seems to have happened so quickly, and it's the Western world, and it's North America, on the other hand, the Bible is full of passages that tell us we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know what? So, you know, there's some persecution on pastors here in America in the early days of the lockdown. I think what is really opening, uh, you know, is eye opening to people is we're two years, you know, or 24 months. Yeah, about two years into this thing going on year three and Canada is still actively 
uh, persecuting the church. I think some people would say, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of what was happening there, and it wasn't really about the church, and, mm-hmm. you know, find ways to ob- obfuscate and to maybe not have to take a stand on anything. Um, but to see it this late in the game yeah. is like, yeah. yo, that's that should be um, <laughs> eye-opening to people. And then th- that's on the church side, but what it, this is culture-wide, right? You know, as far as the tactics and, and what they're doing – up there, um, the 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 way that they're treating these truckers as if they're terrorists, mm-hmm. freezing banks. Right. I mean, completely freezing amount of society. Um, and you sh- you should take note because it's not that you know that's not happening here because the pretext hasn't been laid yet. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that there's talks of a trucker convoy starting tomorrow. Yes, in D.C. And yes. so yeah. and you know I I would support that. Um, but I'm just saying that they're going to look they're going to try to run the same playbook. I mean, you haven't heard them say anything about Trudeau's actions, about him taking unprecedented emergency powers that have never been Correct. seized before Correct. under this new act, under the old act that was seized during. Um, his father used it, or that's another topic for debate, yeah. right? But his, uh, the former prime minister used it once under the old rules to when they were true terrorists. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now he's using it against these guys who aren't in any way, shape, or form, terrorists. Yeah, it was. It was used in '84. I think it was right. the year for the terrorists, and then I think the only other time was World War II. Mm. You know what I mean? So those were the only two times that pretty, been, pretty heavy, uh, pretty heavy occurrences. Yeah, yeah, and they have done everything that they possibly could to goad these truckers into violent action. And you know, to their credit, they did not act violently. Right. And because of that, the you know they had to jump to these uh, emergency measures. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if you saw the the police chain text chain where they were talking about that old lady who got trampled by the horses. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We should practice this all the time. Unbelievable. And and that's scary because, and and one person even said, put our jack boots on their throat. Like dude, unbelievable. I mean, I mean, and that's scary because at least here, although, you know, we, I don't want to get down a rabbit hole, but obviously we had the, the summer riots, you Mm -hmm. know, in 20 and all that. But here, there have been lots of instances where it seems like law enforcement would not go along with with some of the uh, mandates and some of the some of the rules that were oppressive. That will depend on where in the country. Correct. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But there was at least a sense of opposition, and I'm not going to enforce this. But up there, to hear that, that's that's very troubling. I mean, I, I have talked to people who genuinely believe that Canada has outlawed if you will from a tried or tried to do this from a legal standpoint outlawed christianity oh and, well if and, you're talking about the the bill about um conversion therapy yeah yeah and there's several things i won't i don't i'm not an expert on on all of them but but for example the the bill yeah the bill i think this is what you're talking about that came out recently right mm-hmm. where they were they're basically saying that if a pastor or a church is teaching from the bible on the on the topic of marriage, on the topic of gender, sexuality, any of those things, they've got to include terminology that that refers to those teachings from the Bible as mythical or a myth. And if they don't, they're subject to penalty by law. And and this is what I mean, though, about certain churches and pastors standing up. I think, and I I haven't heard much more about this. I need to look this up. But I think there was one particular day after that was passed, a Sunday, where a lot of churches, and John MacArthur got mm-hmm. involved in this, where a lot of churches across Canada and the U.S. Yeah, were standing yeah. up to that mm-hmm. and were specifically preaching on those topics and without, of course, calling it a myth because it's not. 
and and preaching the truth. So, you know, obviously that's what needs to happen. And I, I think that all of the stuff that Doug's been talking about from Acts, and it's funny, I'm, I'm in another group at my church, and our Tuesday night men's study is on Acts. Mm-hmm. So I guess... I guess God wants me to hear about X, but but the, I think it's great training, for like you've talked about what what may be coming, what's already here in some ways, oh, yeah. and, and what may be still be to come to to stand firm. Yeah, and you know here it doesn't look you know quite like quite like Canada or anything like China really, but there is a a um, there's an assault on uh, biblical truth, and that assault is not just coming from outside the churches, coming from people who call themselves Christians, even people who are big names in Christianity, that um, biblical truth, uh, if you want to talk about gender roles or things like that, they're either going soft on it or they're going after people who want to talk about what the Bible has to say about uh, the relationship between men and women or husbands and wives and things like that, and uh, that's a, a, a different thing that's a but it's it's to me it's really worrisome because when outside pressures come that means that those who you should be able to count on as an ally are gonna turn on you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean and, and that sets up a situation like which what you see in canada right. there's there's people in canada who you know are pastors and, and church congregants who agree with the state um and and yeah so that that's something that the conditions that are up there we have similar conditions here, obviously a different form of government um, and things like that. But that should be concerning to us because of how close they're, they're This is a Western, absolutely, you know, first supposedly first world country now acting like third world. Our closest dis- ally despots. historically, yeah. right? And uh, and what when you were saying that, I, I again, I just come back to, and I know Doug preaches this all the time. It's why it's so important for us as believers to know the scriptures. Oh yeah. Right. There's a lot of reasons to know it because it changes us. Number one, we want to honor God. We want to please him. We want to do what he says. There's lots of reasons, but a huge one is to be able to discern truth from falsehood. Mm-hmm. Right. And does the Bible, you know, it, I, when I hear all this stuff, I think right back to the garden when, when the mm-hmm. serpent said to Eve, did God really say that? Yeah. That's what all this is. Well, God didn't really mean that. Did God really say that? No, it's, if it's true for you, <laughs> yeah, right. Something's either true or it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the you know it's the adage that you can say all you want that two and two is five. It it doesn't make it true. Um, it, I know he's a he's an older generation guy, but one guy that was great on this was Chuck Colson. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to a lot of stuff because Chuck Colson had such a logical kind of legal type mind and he would lay out arguments in that kind of a structure and i can remember him using this you know the using this analogy he says you can believe all you want that you're if fervently that you're a can of diet coke <laughs> you know does it doesn't make it true belief doesn't equal truth right so i i just think that that's why it's so important for us to to really know the scriptures one of many reasons yeah and along those lines Make sure you got a copy of the scriptures and a translation that is trustworthy because, you know, right. those online translations, they can change those at the drop of a hat. And there's plenty of translations out there now that have gone a little bit more egalitarian, mm. um, that have kind of messed with uh, wording and translation in right. order to convey a different a message point. than what the Bible is, uh, you know, uh, historically, what, how people have understood what it's trying to say. So, right. good that, point. You got to be uh, knowledgeable of the word, but also make sure that you you know, are reading from a physical copy. Yep. Agreed. Uh, I wouldn't trust much anything. That's a good point right now on the internet. 
All right, we will be back with more after the break. Uh, let's see. Before we go, I'd like to let you know that we, you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker that is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we're talking a little bit about some of the concerning things going on in our world. Um, both we're really talking about over, uh, overseas, uh, abroad. That's what I meant to say, not overbroad. Uh, sounds like a way. <laughs> we know to cook, what you meant. <laughs> sounds like a way to cook an egg. Uh, but also here in this country, and uh, just you know, a reminder to be in in the Word, be reading your 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 sword, and also be praying for. Uh, our country, that there will be revival and for uh, the countries uh, around the world. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you said that about praying for the country because I'm guilty sometimes of of not praying for our leaders mm-hmm. or not being vigilant. Vigilant, listen to me, vigilant. <laughs> you got me, you threw me off with overbroad. Uh, not being vigilant in praying uh, for our leaders, especially if they're leaders that I disagree with. But God doesn't give us that option, does he? He doesn't say... You know, pray for your leaders unless you disagree with them politically or socially or whatever it is. He just says pray for them. And so I, that's a good reminder and um, that that convicts me that I need to be doing that more. So, how do you I, how would you say to pray for a leader that's completely turned his or her back on God? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say first I would pray for that person that God would change them. Nothing's impossible with God, even though it seems unlikely to us. Um, and I do think that the longer a person goes typically, again, not that it's impossible with God, we know there's plenty of deathbed conversions, but that, um, typically, uh, it seems to me that, that the longer a person goes, their heart gets hard and where God hardens their heart. Um, and so you're, you're in danger the longer you go. That's why today is the day of salvation. But I, I'm, I would pray for them that God would change them, um, that they would at least 
seek wisdom from or that he would bring godly people around them, believing people around them to advise them and that they would listen um, or that if it's his will, he'd replace them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think there's those are the three things. I First and foremost, you want to see the person come to self saving faith. But if that doesn't happen, that he would at least be God would open their ears to listen to godly people around them. And if that doesn't happen, that they'd be replaced mm-hmm. with somebody who is godly. I guess that's how I would do it. That's a good, good answer. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, on a lighter note, you and I were talking during the break. I had kind of a fun experience yesterday. I was playing golf with a good friend of mine. And uh, so before I even get to the story, I'll, I'll say I'm, we're pulling up to the first tee. And all of a sudden there's a like radio or voices coming from my pocket. And I'm like, what is going on? And I pull my phone out. I'm like, oh, no, did I call someone from work? Or I started a a group FaceTime call with my kids. They're all on the phone (laughs) talking to each other. I couldn't do that if I tried. (laughs) So I have no idea how I did that. That's the old adage, you know, if you gave a million monkeys a million typewriters and just let them go at it, they'd eventually (laughs) type the works of Shakespeare. (laughs) My grandson, when he was a year old at our house, and as all little kids do, was playing with the clicker one day. And he ordered a movie on Xfinity. Oh, yeah, wow. he, yeah. So I'm, I've already told my son that when my grandson turns 18, and he, you're he, charging he, him, he owes me six bucks for <laughs> La La Land. That's what he rented, oh. La La Land. Yeah. Fortunately, it wasn't anything worse than that. But, yeah. but anyway, we got we're playing golf, and we got we were just a twosome. We got paired up with a couple other guys, and just seemed like average guys. And uh, I'm not going to say the name of this person because I don't know if he would want me to, but. Um, we get playing and, and, uh, one of the guy, one of the gentlemen was, was a bit older than us. And, but I said to my friend, you know, that guy looks so much like he was so-and-so who was an entertainer, well-known entertainer from the sixties and into the seventies and maybe even the eighties. And I must've said it three or four times during the round. Well, after the round, we're out in the parking lot and, and the other guy from the twosome kind of pulls up by us while we're putting our clubs away. And he says, when you get home, uh, Google, and he says the name. And I said, you know, and this guy's name was Bruce. I said, Bruce, five times during the round, I said to Scott, my friend, I said, he looks just like John so-and-so. And And, uh, sure enough, it was him. So we went and talked to him, and it was a guy that I asked him specifically. He had been on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson 37 times and, you know, uh, got his start on The Ed Sullivan Show. Mm -hmm. Later, Later, David Letterman had him on because he... He did uh, impressions and things on the at the Ed Sullivan Theater, and Letterman had him back forty years later to do <laughs> it on his show on the same stage. So it was kind of cool, you know. It was and 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 he it was funny because I said uh, we talked to him afterwards, and he and he and he said God bless you to me when I was <laughs> leaving. So I I took I don't know you know again where he stands, but that was kind of a cool. I was telling my buddy I I told a golf joke you know on the course and. Uh, I think if I had known who he was for sure at the time, I, I, I might have been a lot more nervous that I was going to foul it up. So anyway, that a lighter note, but that was a a fun day yesterday. Now, are you a golfer at all? No. Okay. I I have played before. Mostly I would go to the driving, driving range with my grandpa, but I have played like maybe two or three full games of okay. golf in my life. Okay, yeah. yeah. So not really. T- tough game. It's yeah. fun to uh, just whack the ball as hard as I can. Uh, and then if it splices, I don't care because right. I don't want the driving range. Right. <laughs> but when you get onto uh, an actual uh, uh, hole, it's like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. There's a commercial on right now for some 
golf brand, and it starts off with a guy basically dumping all of his clubs on the course and then throwing the bag in the lake that's next to him. <laughs> so that you know that's about what it produces sometimes. <laughs> um, we were also talking during the break. Just want to remember a couple guys. First of all, Doug's not here because he's lost his voice. <laughs> so pray for Doug. Uh, that he would get his voice back, and uh, I think it's just laryngitis. But um, also a couple SWAT guys that we want to remember. Um, our good friend Rod, Rod Cherry, is, uh, had a little medical scare the other day. He's been in the hospital for a few days, and looks like he's going to be okay, and they, they've got it under control. But want to remember Rod uh, in our prayers, and I know he'd appreciate your prayers. For those of you who know him, Rod is just a such an inspiration, mm-hmm. been in you know, a wheelchair for a long time, and really his whole life. And um, so we appreciate your prayers for him. And I know Jeff who listens to us down in St. Augustine um, is, is having some serious issues and, and Jeff is a, a, a frequent caller. Um, mm. I, I think, and um, Wait, he's having some issues. Jeff Andrews or no, oh, okay. not Jeff Andrews. Saying, I, forget a, his, I, for, I forget his last name, but he, Jeff has called a lot um, and is very knowledgeable about Judaism and he's mm. a believer, mm. but uh He's a Messianic Jew, I think. Doug can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But um, great caller, always has great insight and, and is having some struggles, serious struggles, and we want to keep him in our prayers. And, and of course, our good friend Gil Smith, another SWAT yeah. guy, um, died not too long ago and just remember to pray for his wife. And mm-hmm. uh, I know Doug has some details about his services that I'm sure he'll share. I think they're coming up for, for into the second week in March, I think, mm-hmm. so. Um, remember those guys in your prayers. I know they, those guys and those families would appreciate it. So, yeah. Well, I know today we're, we're starting a new week and, um, we're starting acts chapter 13. The, the full passage for the week will be verses 40 to 52. Um, kind of, uh, wrapping up the end of chapter 13 where Paul has basically preached his, his first recorded sermon anyway. And um, and so I think we want to start to to get into that, Doug. Uh, and today specifically, we want to look at verses uh, forty to forty-three, and just make a couple of points about those verses. Uh, you know, Doug has kind of titled this week's lesson, and it's what we talked about in SWAT last week, as is always the case: uh, no middle ground. And um, just by way of background, um, so far in Acts, here we've been. We've been talking and seeing about how the early church was persecuted primarily by the Jews, primarily by the people of Israel and the leaders of Israel. And, and, and those folks being the very ones who should have recognized and been watching for and embraced Jesus as the Messiah were the ones that uh, were rejecting him and, and, and persecuting the church. And in Acts 4 and 5, we saw you know, the apostles being persecuted, Peter being put in jail, um, John and Peter being hauled in and told to stop preaching. Boy, nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. right? As Ecclesiastes says, we're just talking about this, right? And yeah. pe- pe- the the world has tried to silence God's messengers, you know, throughout history. Um, in Acts seven, we saw, of course, the the very well known um, story of Stephen being persecuted and 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 martyred, the first martyr for the church. Then in Acts nine, Saul as he st- was still called there being being persecuted and beaten and snuck out of the city and and then in acts 12 herod killed putting to death james and persecuting others from the church and and then earlier in chapter 13 the magician elimus i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name right 
um, stirring up the people, you know, against against Saul. So this has been happening. The persecution's been happening up until um, this point, and now Paul is or Saul is he? He's is he still Saul at this point? I think he is. No, he's Paul. He so in verse nine of uh, chapter thirteen, but Saul, who is who was also called Paul, okay, from then on, he's, he's there. Paul we go. Okay, so. thank you for that. Um, you know, he is he is calling them at the end in this sermon and at the end of this chapter to to the truth. And 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 like you said, like Doug said in his title, there's no no middle ground. Um, and so he's just provided uh, preached his first sermon again, first recorded sermon, and we see this as a turning point. Like Doug's talked about, a real turning point in the in the history of the church and in the way Luke records it, and that we're moving from the apostles, from Peter, from those that were with Jesus, right, from Peter and John, and to the focus being more on Paul, and 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 of course Paul's sermon that he preaches here in chapter thirteen is very similar in style and in content to what Peter preached on Pentecost, to what Stephen preached. Um, and, and to what the, the apostles were preaching in earlier chapters, right? Basically taking the hearers back to the Old Testament to show that the gospel starts with God, right? It doesn't start with individuals. It doesn't start with a person. It starts with God. And it didn't even start with, with well, Jesus was always part of it, but God the Father planned it and started it in the Old Testament. And all these sermons that we've seen in Acts take us back to the Old Testament, to God's choosing of Abraham, to God's revealing himself to the, to the Jewish people, right? To God, to the law and the prophets and, and the predictions of the Messiah. Um, and, that, and that Jesus is the one who is foretold throughout the Old Testament, that each one of these uh, sermons is revealing that, that Christ is the fulfillment, excuse me, the fulfillment <laughs> of all the Old Testament prophecies. And, uh, and we'll pick it up from there. I know we got to go for the news here. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, before we go, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, P-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was Even If by Mercy Me. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 40 through the end of the chapter, correct? We're going all the way to the end this we're week? Going, yeah, this week we are, yeah. but today just to 43. Yeah, today yeah. to the 43, but for the week we're going through verse 52. Yep. Um, we just got into it, and we're talking uh, about that, and 
uh, David is going to continue <laughs> to uh, illuminate us on uh, what, because we haven't even got to the text. We were kind of building up to it. So. I'll do my best to illuminate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're just ending before the break talking about how Paul, like the those before him who preached sermons that are recorded in Acts, takes the hearers and the readers now back to, through the Old Testament, through God's plan in the Old Testament, to show that Jesus was the plan all along, that mm. Jesus was foretold and, and that they should have uh, recognized Jesus and that, and obviously many do, many do accept that and, and, and believe that. And, you know, the Jews and of course the Romans believed this about uh, Christianity, that it was just part of Judaism or, or but the, a lot of the Jewish leaders tried to teach that it was wrong right that it was an aberration of judaism it wasn't real it wasn't the truth yeah, and then, then there was a, a point where rome agreed and that's when the persecution uh, right. started in, in earnest against uh, the christians there because uh, before that they kind of looked at him as an offset of judaism right and judaism had a special pretty much a special dis- dispensation in in uh, rome right where they didn't have to uh, worship any other gods right um so then when uh, Christianity was seen as an offshoot of that and not part of Judaism. It was like, okay, you yeah. Gotta, therefore, they're worshiping yeah. like a, a, an well, unapproved god. Well, yeah, yeah. you have to pinch, you know, give a pinch to Caesar. Now. Right. You have right. to do what every other uh, culture had to do at the time. Right. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but that, of course, it wasn't an aberration. It wasn't an offshoot. It it was Jesus is the fulfillment mm-hmm. of all that's promised, all God's promises in Judaism. And, and as Doug put it, it's true Judaism. Christianity is true Judaism, right? It's the fulfillment of everything. I've mentioned this before, and, and this is, I'm stealing this. I think I heard it from Alistair Begg, and he probably got it from someone else, but I really liked it. I've always remembered it, that that a good way to think of it in terms of breaking down the Bible is the Old Testament is Jesus predicted, and that the Gospels are Jesus revealed, Acts is Jesus preached, the Epistles are Jesus further explained, and Revelation is Jesus anticipated. So when, when we talk about the Bible being all about Jesus, that's a good way. That has always been a good way for me to kind of think of it and remember it and, and, and break it down quickly. So anyway, we're going to get to the text here. Why don't we, uh, why don't we read, uh, if you don't mind, Taylor, uh, chapter 13 of Acts, verses 40 to 43. All right. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For I am doing a work in your day, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. Thanks. As we want to always say, may God bless the reading of his word. Um, so here, there's really two main points um, in these verses, right? And, and Doug's going to go through a lot of, uh, I think, five points altogether in the passage through the end of the chapter. But that here in these couple verses, God reveals in verses 40 to 41 a divine warning to Israel. And then in verses 42 and 43, he reveals a different word for his people. Now, sometimes we hear about false preachers today, right, revealing a new word from God. Mm. Well, this is a different word from God here, but this was before the canon of Scripture was closed, and, and God's allowed to do that, but 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 people aren't. Uh, we know that the Scriptures are, are final and 
God has spoken in these last days, as Hebrew says, through his son. And, um, but anyway, there, there's really three responses that we're going to see to, to Paul's warning and to his message here. Um, it's really only two responses, but we'll, we'll call it three and show how two are really the same. But you know, this idea that when people hear Paul's preaching of the gospel, their response is either, well, I'm not ready to accept that. I need to think about it more, and we'll talk about this more later. Or they, they flat out reject the message, or they accept the message. But as Doug pointed out, and I, I thought this was something that really convicted me and stayed with me, saying I'm not ready or having a delayed acceptance or a delayed obedience is really the same as disobedience, right? So hearing the message and then being confronted with the question, well, what do you think? <laughs> right? Someone saying, well, I need more time to think about it. And someone saying, no, nah, I don't believe that is really disobedience. Now, the one who says I may need a little more time to think about it maybe has maybe they're in a in a position where God is still moving them along, but essentially saying those two things, reject or I'm not ready to accept is is the same, right? Again, we mentioned this earlier, you know, accept this salvation as Paul says in this chapter. Uh, today is the day of salvation because we don't know. Now somebody confronted with this, you know, doesn't know if they have a tomorrow, just like any of us. But the other thing that I took this as for believers, right, that idea of delayed obedience really hit hard to me because as a believer, I'm not delaying my faith. I belong to him. I believe. I'm glad that's settled. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can have delayed obedience as a believer, right? God can clearly put something on my heart that he wants me to do, or I can read something in the Scripture and say, I'm not doing that, and I should be. Or I can read, I'm doing this and I shouldn't be, right, which is also pretty common. Mm -hmm. And I can delay that. I can delay my response to that. And so that was, I actually wrote that on a note card and stuck it on my, you know, desk. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And uh, I don't know how, if if that, what what that conjures up in you, but that's how I reacted to it. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if... you're convicted on something and you delay in uh, following that conviction and obeying what's been put on your heart by God or, you know, through his word or what you've heard, you know, a Christian brother come and tell you, hey, you're not doing right. what you should be in this. And you're like, oh, you know what? You're right. Uh, yeah. Then I think that is uh, clear, clear disobedience. I think there are uh, instances where people are confused um, because, you know, um, there's a lot of <laughs> you know, I, okay, well, I'm not going to step. There's, I'm, I got a particular thought in mind, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to step in that because it's pretty controversial, right? But there are some of those things that are controversial that I would say, you know, the Bible's pretty particular, pretty clear right. on it. Right. And there's still people who are like, well, I don't know because I'm hearing this from this person I respect. I'm hearing this from this mm-hmm. person I respect. And um, I think once God settles in your heart and it's like, hey, this is where it's at, then, yeah, you better obey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are times where, you know, it, it takes – some, like you said, God working on a heart. And I think that's different than a salvation issue, right? That's, yep. that's something that is, Agreed. you know, it just takes time to Agreed. come to that understanding yep. sometimes. But, but that topic of delayed obedience being disobedience can, can apply to both. Right? Oh yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what, and that's what hit me. I think Doug talked about this too, but he was, he was talking about it from the standpoint of accepting or rejecting the gospel message. 
but but I think we also talked about it in SWAT about as believers, right? We don't want to delay when God convicts us of something, puts yeah. it on our heart. Yeah, so. that's uh, for me personally. That's something that's it's a tough like, one. Oh yeah. wow, you know, recently just like oh, yep. it was pretty clear right here. Yep. Um. So yep, I better follow it. And it it like that was something that took me a long time because, um, frankly, what was being taught by from most pulpits isn't mm-hmm. you know really uh so hardcore right on that, but. You know, if you look historically, yep. hey, the, the tradition historically has been pretty clear yeah. on this, and there are still people who are uh, preaching that. And so that, 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 that was something, though, that took a long time for me to really, you know what? I think yep. this is what God's saying. Yep. So. And sometimes with me it's just been, there's been that type of situation. As you said, it's maybe not as clear, and it takes a while. But then there's most most often with me, it's real clear. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to obey yeah, yeah i mean and i have to and that and and that's where you know we repent and and we tell god that you know we agree with what he says and we need to we need to be obedient it's like you know as a parent you've got a little kid and another one coming and we we're just talking about that you know this idea of i'm going to count to three mm-hmm. well nope I, I was always taught nope don't even go there Make them do it immediately. No mm-hmm. counting to three. You just obey right away. And part of it's a safety issue with a little kid, right? You want them to respond to your voice mm-hmm. immediately for their own good, right? And I think there's a lot of truth in that with the way God is with us. Respond immediately. Obey immediately for your own good. Yeah. So anyway, um, in verse 40 here, uh, we, the first point, right, is that God reveals a divine warning to Israel. And in verse 40, um, Paul is uh, – uh, saying, beware, therefore, about not believing, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. And notice Paul says prophets, plural. So he's he's talking about that this was these warnings and, and the predictions about Jesus and were written in many of the prophets, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't just one. But here he quotes Habakkuk in verse 41. Uh, it's from Habakkuk 1.5. And the context here is that in verses 1 to 4 of Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk is essentially, who was a, a minor prophet, is essentially complaining and griping, right, that God is doing nothing about the evil that Habakkuk sees all around him among the Jews. And God replies <laughs> to him um, in verse 5, in what Paul, what you read here and what Paul writes, God replies that basically he's raising up Babylon to judge, to judge the people. And in the same way in Acts, God is raising up a salvation that is going to be outside of these people, you know, people's ability to, to comprehend it and understand it unless he gives them that understanding and that, and that wisdom. And so when you read, you know, I'm doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells you that was originally referring to Babylon coming to judge. And, and now Paul's using it to say, to refer to the salvation that God um, has planned from before the foundation of the world and now has carried out at this point, right, in Christ. Um, another passage that, that kind of speaks similarly and that Jesus refers to is in Isaiah chapter 29, verses 13 and 14, a familiar passage, right, where in verse 13 it says, you know, Isaiah says, your hearts are far from me. Your lips say one thing, but your hearts are far from me. And we'll pick up there after the break. All right, so make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We will be back with more after the break.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 40 through 52, which is the end of the chapter this week. Today we are zeroing in on verses 40 through 43. And um, if you would like to join the discussion, got any questions, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. We will try our best to uh, get to your questions uh, if you do have them and your calls. But we are going to try to make it through this first. So hopefully in the last five minutes or so we'll be able to take some questions. Yeah, and we're just talking about, you know, God saying here in this in these first couple of verses, referencing uh, Habakkuk and saying just like he did with back then in the day to respond to Habakkuk that, Babylon was going to judge. He was going to do that work that Paul's using that to show that he's doing a work that people won't be able to understand those who are rejecting um, in this day. And that would be the work of salvation through Jesus. And, and, and this passage in Isaiah that I was just mentioning, it's probably, it's worth reading. It says, and the Lord said, because this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. So, and Jesus refers to this passage in Isaiah when he's talking, teaching in Matthew 15, and he's talking about the Judaism of his day, right? Their, their lips say one thing, but their hearts are far from me, that, that empty ritualism of, of Judaism and worrying more about people resort, resorting to human wisdom than, than to God's wisdom. And, of course, the Jews did that, and Paul references that in, in 1 Corinthians. That was really the downfall of the Greek world, right, uh, you know, resorting to human wisdom instead of, instead of looking to God's wisdom. And, and really, that's what religion is, isn't it? It's about us doing things 
in our own ability, right? People trying to appease and or please God or a God um, instead of God accepting the fact that God comes to us, right? That God is is providing the salvation. Um, you know, I was thinking about we were doing this in our Sunday uh, the Sunday school class that I'm in, we're in James, and in chapter 2, he, this is a little off track, but it's talking about the sin of partiality. James is saying, don't be impartial. Don't be partial, rather. Be impartial. Treat everybody the same way, whether it's a rich person or a poor person, or and that if you commit the partiality, it's a sin. And and he goes on to explain it by saying, you know, this idea that because people might have been thinking just like today and just like I've done, oh, well, that's not really that bad a sin, right? Mm. And this idea that God's not going to hold me responsible for something like that as much as he might something, quote-unquote, bigger. Oh, yeah, and, you know, partiality right now in the church is something that is, uh, it's pretty big. I, yep. mean, I don't know if, you know, I know you're familiar with Bodie Bachman and stuff. He talks about how uh, a lot of this wokeness is really the, uh, the yeah. sin of partiality uh, in a different context. Yep. So that's a great point. It's something that, you know, that is small. You, you would think, oh, that's small, but even the small things can bloom and blossom into large uh, looming problems that's a great point at the end of that chapter though uh, james talks about if you break one part of the law you're guilty of breaking it all Mm -hmm. and and that was the point i was ultimately trying to get to here was that when we are when we engage in religion it's us trying to do more good than bad right as if somehow that's the way god's going to judge us well if the scales tip in our favor that we've done more good than bad. But of course the point is once, you know, we've all, we're all lawbreakers. We all have a sin nature. Every person, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's nothing we can do to, to please God or appease God. He has to do it for us. And of course that's what the gospel says. We bring nothing to the table except it's been said, except our sin. Right. Um, but God says, I set the standard, the law, Right. I provide the sacrifice. I provide the righteousness in Jesus. Um, I once saw that that was the, that's a great summary of Romans, a righteousness from God, mm. meaning for us to be righteous, it has to come from him, not from within ourselves. But, but that is so different from everything else that, that kind of the, 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 the ritualistic Judaism had become and all other religions right of the world or say, you know, it's man appeasing God or trying to please God. And, and in Christianity, the gospel says you can't apart from Christ. You can't. But once you're in him, once you accept this gift, then you're completely pleasing to God, right? This idea that, that he, he sees us just like Jesus. He sees us just like Jesus. That's, I know that's hard to get our heads around sometime, but it's true. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, like you're talking about, you know, Christianity compared to other religions, other religions, it's what you have to do uh, for God and Christianity is, is what God did for you. And really yeah. it's a scandalous uh, grace, right? I, I yeah. don't remember who calls it a scandalous grace, but yeah. it, it is. Yeah. I, if you really think about it on his face, you know, as you were just talking about uh, the utter depravity of, of man, that uh, a holy and perfect God would uh, come down and die for right. our sin, right. which, it, you know, it's, 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 you know, kind of scan- it's scandalous, like I said, uh, to when you think about it. But it's also like a stroke of genius on the part of God, right? Like, I mean, God, God is all knowledge and wisdom, yeah. but it, 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 no one saw that coming. Not even uh, hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just that His plan and His purposes, yeah, were 
that much beyond what we could comprehend that were that for that much good for those who right. abide in him. Right. And I, and this is a, a, a topic for another program, but the question of why did he do it that way? But it, it, and I don't know the answer of course, fully, but it has to have something to do with his own glory. Mm. God is about his own glory and he's the only one that has a right to that. And it has something to do that in all of this, he's glorified more than he would have been if it didn't happen this way. Again, that's, that's a, probably a program for another day. And, you know, there's a, the question, too, if it could have happened any other way after the fall, because, you know, his justice had to be like there was a correct his justice had to be satisfied. Correct. And then, but then at the same time, his love was so great that he still um, uh, had a heart for for us humans yeah. that he created. And so there's a question there, I guess, that you could say that could be leveled at God as if, you know, a, a, a form of hip, hypocrisy, right? Uh, well, are you really just if you're going to save Abraham? Right. Like, you know, you know, and mm-hmm. so there was the need for an ultimate sacrifice and a, and a need for God to come down and do it himself to prove, you know, that he is all powerful, yeah. but also like, Hey, I, what I demand is not too much for me to, to live it out. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, he didn't have to do it that way right. for sure. But I think there was a, a right to his glory. There was a point of like, Yep. Hey, you know, I, I'm above reproach yep. in this matter. So. Yep. Well, you're right. We know it couldn't have been done any other way because Jesus asked for it yeah. to be done another way. And and you're right. I was talking more about, I should have made that clear, from the beginning of time, mm. even pre-Adam and Eve, right? He planned it this way. He, yeah, he yeah. created people that were capable of sinning. And why? You know, why did he do it that way? And I think that's where it gets into something to do with his glory. Oh, yeah. And I I think there are plenty of people who ask that question. And, I mean, that's one of the all-time great questions. I'm going to let Doug answer that one. (laughs) Yeah, but it's something that is, uh, you know, I I think you got to look at God wanted creatures that were capable of loving him, right? And can you have love, real love without a choice, right? Right. And so uh, for whatever reason, that's what he decided to do. And as you said, it it was for his glory. Yeah. Um, and for for our good though too for the us who love him to to feel his love and to be able to commune with him and then ultimately spend eternity yeah. with him like that's to his glory as well that Absolutely. he would you know take sin well that like idea us, you know? that he Jesus had our name on his mind and on his heart mm-hmm. as he hung on the cross everybody whoever will believed or will believe you know everybody who's part of his family and that's again as not that I want to compare the Matrix to the <laughs> scriptures, but I love the quote by the Oracle in the Matrix. What's really going to bake your noodle is, you know, thinking about that really bakes your noodle. I mean, it's hard to get your head around it. But just to finish up these few thoughts, so Paul here is taking this Habakkuk quote and applying it to the to his time and, and where God is saying, I'm going to do a work of judgment on my son mm-hmm. so big and so fantastic even though it was so awful at the time right that that people won't be able to comprehend it um it's a fantastic story it's too good to be true and there's of course a lot of people that don't don't believe it right that don't believe it um and then in verses 42 and 43 god reveals a different word for his people um and and we talked about this in, in swat right grace not works right that's that's the good news that this is I love the acronym for grace, God, rich, God's riches at Christ's expense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good definitions of grace, but the, I, I've always liked that one. 
And again, there are those three responses that we talked about earlier to the good news of, of acceptance, full acceptance, flat-out rejection, or delayed acceptance, which, again, is, is really a, a form of rejection. Um, and in verse 42, we see that the people appear to be interested, right? Uh, it says the synagogue broke up. I always think of, you know, like they're having fellowship hour like with mm-hmm. coffee and coffee and muffins or something <laughs> afterwards. But that, that, that breaks up. They, they're intrigued. They, they begged Paul to, to continue in speaking about it, but they talked about the next Sabbath, right? They, they didn't believe right away. They wanted to hear more about it. Notice it says followed but it doesn't say believed. And later in the chapter, it talks about belief, people believing right away. And think about like Cornelius, right? Peter came into his house. Cornelius was a God worshiper, but he didn't know the gospel. Peter came in and told him the gospel, and he believed, and his whole household was believed and was baptized, right? So there's that immediate belief versus this, eh, let me think about it. Later in Acts, we're going to see Felix, the governor of Judea, who hears he he's familiar with the gospel, but he and he wants to hear more about it. But it's and he was alarmed when he heard the message, but it said he wanted to think about it basically. And um, so anyway, it's it's that it's that call to immediate to immediate acceptance and and, and not to delay it. Um, I know we're coming up on time. I guess I'll just I'll just end by you know Doug's going to talk more about this tomorrow and throughout the week. But we're not saved by our obedience, as we talked about. It's not possible, but we are saved by faith in Jesus who was obedient for us and we're saved for obedience to become, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling by becoming obedience which validates our faith. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's a good place to leave it. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com That's www.swatradio.com You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening